0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Indian Market Story. We're here with a very, very interesting guest, Mr. Pratik Kamdar, the co-founder and CEO of Neuron Energy, uh, a battery manufacturing company. But it's been a very interesting journey for you from you know a family business in real estate to battery manufacturing. So why don't you introduce yourself to the viewers a little bit? We'd really love to hear more about your personal journey and, and how you got into being a battery manufacturer.
1: So my name is Pratik Kamdar. I co-founded Neuron Energy in the year 2018. Uh, I did my Masters in Finance from UIUC. Before that, uh, I did my MBA in Technology from NMIMS where I, did, I studied uh, technology and integration of technology with finance. I followed that up with a uh, Masters in Finance course in UIUC where I was uh, there a couple of years studying Corporate Finance and Asset Management. Uh, Moved from UIUC back to India, worked for a year with uh, Jones Lang Nassal, which is into real estate consulting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moved into family business, which was into real estate development up until 2018. Uh, Since 2016-17, i had been looking at alternative businesses along with real estate. And at that point of time, we were discussing about clean tech in solar waste management, Mm -hmm. LEDs and -hmm. multiple other things. And accidentally we came across a person who had a factory in Pune and who was manufacturing uh, lead acid Mm -hmm. batteries for electric forklifts and electric golf carts. So both the use cases have been present in India in the electric mobility ecosystem for the last 20-25 years. And uh, they gave us the deep dive into what's going to happen in the EV ecosystem in the coming years. Mm -hmm. Back then electric two-wheelers, electric three-wheelers were cars and I think they were only. 50,000 or 80,000 electric Mm -hmm. two wheelers in India back then uh, in 2018 and that is how we decided that we want to get into it. Uh, Also the exciting part was that uh, we would be making the battery which would be the engine of the application and the entire application would be running around it. So being a critical component in the entire EV ecosystem, we decided that uh, we will start off with electric two wheelers, three wheelers and golf cart Mm -hmm. as our mainstay. We also traveled everywhere Uh, initially we thought we'll, uh, you know, launch solar first and then EVs, but then as we traveled everywhere, we found out that the power situation in India is actually improving significantly Mm -hmm. and there have been no power cuts and power cuts even in rural areas have been really reduced compared Mm -hmm. to what it used to be before. So keeping that in mind, we understood that uh, power backup batteries would eventually die off and it would not be... uh, concern where you know we really want to invest Mm -hmm. and so we decided that uh, distributed demand dealer demand was towards the ev segment Mm -hmm. so we went all out and uh, launched the brand in 2019 uh, for lead acid two-wheelers three-wheelers and golf cart and we introduced lithium-ion technology in 2021 for all the
0: three segments over years we have expanded the segments now so just going back a little bit Mm to your personal Uh journey uh, and i assuming it's technologies integration with finance. So is that like a precursor to getting into uh, clean tech as a space, Because it seems like there's a natural synergy there. Uh, so
1: honestly, I had not thought of it at back then. Uh, in 2005, this course was uh, relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the second batch. The first year was enrolled in 2004 and we were enrolled in 2005. So we were the second batch. And at that point of time, I wanted to do something apart from engineering. Most Mm -hmm. uh, of my friends and colleagues were looking into engineering after 12th grade. Uh, They were looking at computer science or electronics or mechanical so on Mm and so forth. So this gave us that nice bridge about uh, having an engineering sort of technical layer to the education along with management as well. Uh, So that was a natural uh, decision that we made at that point of time. Uh, I chose computers. I was not into mechanical at that point of time. Uh, so I could have done production, which would have helped me now. But uh, so this was never planned. Uh, it happened accidentally. And uh, yeah, the education in NMMS was fun. It was a good uh, five year course and good insights into the business world at a very early stage uh, because we were part of the main campus where uh, the MBA uh, courses were happening. So we got
0: exposed to those courses at the age of 18, 19 itself. So yeah. that has been really helpful. Yeah, And uh, yeah. I guess UIUC must have been a great experience as well. Yeah. So one question I consistently ask, because I've made this journey as well. So I was studying abroad, mm-hmm. I worked abroad, and I moved back a year ago. Um, but when did you decide to move back? Or was it always the intention to move back? What, why did you move back, I guess?
1: So it was always the intention to move back. Uh, question was when. Uh, I went to UIUC right after NMIMS. So, in 2010, April was when NMIMS uh, course was completed. And I joined in summer uh, in UIUC in May. So, probably there was a 10-day gap between the course when I flew there and started the course. It was around a 15-month to 18-month course. So, I was there for a while. And uh, once we completed the course, uh, I was looking at opportunities there uh, in US. And I was looking at opportunities in India also. It just happened that I got an opportunity from Jones Lang LaSalle in India, and the idea was to move back because uh, though I was very uh, exposed to the idea of the culture and tradition here, and uh, being in India and growing the business here, that was always the idea. Uh, I didn't know that I would shift into EVs; that was never planned. That was accidental. But uh, yes, so India was something that always excited me. Uh, so i wouldn't say even if i had got a job there at that point of time immediately i wouldn't have stayed there more than a year Fair so enough. i moved Fair back enough. immediately and uh, joined jones LaSalle. but so the experience was really good in uiuc of course yeah.
0: so let's talk about you know the the accidental journey into evs yeah. uh you mentioned you you happened to meet somebody by chance is uh is that person now one of your co-founders or what's the co-founding team of Neuron energy life. So
1: right now, uh, it's me and Raj, Raj is the co-founder. He's my uh, old childhood friend. Uh, so we know each other for the last 30, 32 years. Uh, wow. He happened to stay in the same building where my grandparents, my Nana and Nani, used to live. So I know him since childhood. Uh, his family also is into real estate development. So both the families know each other. Mm-hmm. So there has been a deep friendship for over the years, which uh, then culminated into a partnership once this opportunity came across. Okay, so uh, that's how naturally it has been uh, there was uh, the accidental person is a contract manufacturer right now for golf cart batteries. Okay, so uh, the ecosystem is similar what used to be before. And uh, everyone in this power journey, uh, whoever came in earlier on now has been consistently been there. So that has uh, been consistent with us for a
0: very nice. long time. That's really really cool. So, um, why don't we talk a little bit about neuron, neuron energy's journey? So, you okay. guys started with lead acid batteries, right? Yes. So, my understanding is lead acid batteries are fairly stable old technology. Every mm-hmm. every IC has a lead acid batteries. I think the two biggest lead acid battery manufacturers are Exide and Amaraja Battery mm-hmm. listed players. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's the prospect? I mean. Clearly you guys have moved away from lead-acid batteries, but why so? What's the logic there? Uh, so uh, Excite and Amaron
1: uh, Amara Raja, they are market leaders in uh, lead-acid batteries for ICE vehicles, but these are starter batteries. Okay. So these batteries are used to start a car. Okay. So you for the cranking and the ignition, uh, but the vehicle doesn't really run on the batteries. The vehicle runs on fuel. Okay. So versus EV batteries, is very differently designed uh, where it's a traction battery. It's for mobility application where the entire vehicle is going to run on the battery. Okay. So the design of the two batteries are very different. Yes, in the lead acid space, uh, Exide Amararaja present and we are also present uh, in the earlier back in 2017-18 because of the lithium pricing and lithium carbonate commodity pricing being really high. Lithium was exp- expensive. Mm-hmm. India being a very price sensitive market, uh, the acceptance of lithium was lower. Mm-hmm. So back then, uh, rickshaws used to be only sold with lead acid batteries, electric rickshaws. Right. And electric scooters were also sold with lead acid batteries. right? So that was the market back in 2017-18. Right. Uh, lithium started coming in in 2017-18 and it was mainly supported by the fame subsidy which reduced the cost of lithium ion for the first two, three years. Mm-hmm. So it became affordable. And because of that acceptance in India came in at a certain price point. Got it. So lithium, uh, so lead acid continue even today for the three wheeler market around 90% of the market of electric rickshaws is still on lead acid. Okay. Uh, with lithium price, carbonate pricing for pack level coming down from $140 to around $100 right now per battery pack. Mm-hmm. And we expect that to touch 80 to $75. Okay. Once it, Closes around $80, there'll be a price parity between lead acid and lithium ion. Mm-hmm. And that is where we expect the three-wheeler, electric three-wheeler market to shift completely from lead acid to lithium ion.
0: Got it. So, so what's the uh, from a from a physics and a chemistry mm-hmm. perspective, what's the difference in the energy density between a lead acid battery uh, for EVs and a lithium ion battery? Just so we can
1: So lead acid batteries are low on energy density. So to for them to give the same energy density, they'll require much larger volume. And also much larger weight. Mm-hmm. Lead being a very heavy metal. Right. In lithium ion, you have various chemistries. Mm-hmm. You have LFP chemistry, NMC chemistry. NMC also, if you deep dive into it, there is a five is to three is to two ratios, or yeah. five parts of nickel to three parts of manganese to two parts of cobalt. So, or you have eight is to, to one is to one. So, just
0: just okay. to sort of take a second and try yeah. and explain the the acronyms to the viewers. So with, within lithium-ion, the NMC is nickel, manganese, and cobalt, right? Yes. And there's a couple of different ratios of nickel, manganese and mm-hmm. cobalt there. Correct. And LFP is lithium-ion phosphate. Yeah, ferro-phosphate. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. Please, please go ahead.
1: So LFP as a chemistry uh, is has less energy density compared to NMC. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are certain advantages to LFP because it has less energy density. Uh, it is way more stable than NMC is. Mm-hmm. Also, LFP as a chemistry works well between plus 10 to plus 50, 60 degree temperatures. Right. NMC as a chemistry works well between minus 25 to plus 25 degree temperatures. Got it. So negative temperatures, people prefer NMC. Uh, Higher temperatures, people prefer LFP. Got it. Uh, And NMC has those ratios of nickel, cobalt, manganese. And people have been experimental and launching different kind of chemistries regularly. So we are using cells with 5 is to 3 is to 2, mm-hmm. uh, many are using 8 is to 1 is to 1, mm-hmm. 8 is 8 parts of nickel to 1 parts of manganese to 1 part of cobalt is slightly cheaper, considering cobalt being the metal, which is the most expensive, right. we're using cells with 2 parts of cobalt in it. Right. And uh, each chemistry has a certain application. So NMC is predominantly, was in fact predominantly used in the two wheeler space. Because mm-hmm. it was compact and had the advantage of being high energy density and compactness was mm-hmm. available. Second was LFP was used in the rickshaw segment because rickshaw, you have enough space available for the battery to be put in. Right. So dimension challenges are not there in the right. form factor of a three-wheeler compared to a two-wheeler. However, uh, in May 2022, considering the Indian temperatures, a lot of batteries caught fire. Yeah. And the new rules came in, IAS phase uh, 3 norms have come in, as mm-hmm. 156 phase 3 norms. So in all manufacturers have to be compliant by those norms. Mm-hmm. And uh, now people have been shifting to LFP significantly mm-hmm. compared to before because of those fires and they're realizing that NMC is not as conducive in the Indian environment as LFP is. Mm-hmm.
0: So even even when you compare uh, the lithium ion phosphates and the lithium manganese cobalt, uh, how big of a problem is the cobalt supply chain? Because I understand that that comes from really uh, difficult places in Africa and uh, It's quite controlled by the Chinese. So
1: there is an issue with the supply chain of Cobalt and Nickel, and it will continue to remain so. However, the overall trend of the market is a shift from NMC to LFP. India is shifting drastically. So earlier we used to do 90% NMC for two wheelers and 10% LFP. Uh, Now we have completely shifted to LFP. So we do not have any customers buying NMC at a significant uh, Mm -hmm. um, scale. Mm -hmm. We have some smaller customers buying some 20, 50, 100 odd battery packs a month. That's about it. In the three-wheeler space, it's all LFP. In the cargo space, it's all LFP. Got it. So we expect LFP to be a predominant driver, Mm -hmm. not only in India, globally as well. So Tesla has moved certain models from NMC to LFP. Uh, So that demand will also shift to LFP as a chemistry. Also, LFP as a chemistry is cheaper. Mm -hmm. When you compare uh, A-plus grade cells of uh, NMC to A-plus A-grade cells of LFP, you'll find that LFP is 15 to 20% cheaper than NMC. Okay. So keeping that in mind, we're seeing a larger shift towards LFP than NMC globally.
0: Got it. So one thing that I'm given to understand of the, uh, with the construction of battery, particularly lithium-ion batteries, is that the the main value add is the cathode. Is my understanding of the situation correct? So when we talk about these battery chemistries, just again to break it down to the viewers, um, you have the anode, the cathode, the electrolyte, and the separator. And when we talk about the battery chemistries being lithium, nickel, manganese, cobalt, or lithium, ion, phosphates, we're talking about the cathode primarily, okay. not the anode, which is largely graphite. Correct. So uh, my, further, my understanding in the situation is that the Chinese have quite a substantial monopoly on the cathode production because mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe supply chains or, or, or technology. But why is that the case and how much of a problem is that? So currently, if you see, so this is not related to the battery, this is related to the cell. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, So a battery pack has multiple cells Mm -hmm. that we connect in series and parallel Mm -hmm. to give a certain output, uh, which the battery entire battery pack serves. When we talk about a certain cell, the cell is broken down further into a cathode or an an anode and an electrolyte. So cell manufacturing today, India does not have any cell manufacturing. Uh, In fact, globally, if you see the total supply of cell manufacturing predominantly does come from China and China does have long contracts with mines. Mm-hmm. Uh, which supply nickel, manganese, or cobalt uh, for their supply chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, these mines are based out of Africa, Congo, South America. Yeah. Uh, recently, India has also signed up uh, for a mine in Argentina for supply of certain chemicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not aware which mineral it is, but um, these metals will be extracted. But yes, today, predominantly, we are dependent on China and Chinese manufacturing for cells uh, for the, to serve the entire EV industry. We expect uh, cell manufacturing to come into India in the next uh, 24 months to 36 months. There have been large projects announced uh, by many corporates. Uh, Excite has announced, Solar has announced that they will be backward integrating into cell manufacturing. So many players have announced those projects. Uh, They will have to uh, do contracts for supply of raw materials Mm -hmm. and they'll also have to do uh, forward integration with other players. For Ola, that uh, does not remain a challenge considering they are completely forward integrated. So this we will see cell manufacturing coming
0: into India significantly in the next two to three years. Yeah, how how big uh, how big of a role has Fame One, Two, and Three and the associated subsidies played in developing this ecosystem? And oh, where is Fame targeted to? Uh,
1: it is significant role. Uh, I would say Fame One and Fame Two have been instrumental in ensuring that adoption of EVs happen at a certain price. Okay. So Indian two-wheeler market is a very, very price-sensitive market. Yeah. So if you look at pricing of certain uh, scooters in the ICE segment today is at 90,000, 1 lakh. 10-15 years ago, they were at fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah. 60000 So they have really not moved up, although the consumption, the power of consumption yeah. has moved up. So it's a very price sensitive market. So the electric two-wheelers today are not only competing with ICE vehicles, they are also competing with other electric two-wheelers. So they have to maintain a certain price parity for uh, adoption to happen. Mm -hmm. Keeping that in mind, uh, India is doing well uh, in terms of the Fame 1 subsidy, which was uh, targeted towards two-wheelers and three-wheelers. Fame 2 was also targeted towards two-wheelers and three-wheelers. Fame three, we are expecting it more towards commercial segment of buses and trucks. Got it. So, uh, Fame two last year, the subsidy, the amount of subsidy that was going to be released towards two-wheelers was reduced Mm -hmm. uh, from 40% of the total cost to 15%. So, around 21,000 per scooter was the rough calculation that we were expecting would be the subsidy versus the 60,000 subsidy available before. Right. Although even after that reduction, we have not seen a blip or a downward trend in terms of adoption. Mm -hmm. So EV adoption has been uh, consistently growing. Uh, So even after the fame reduction, there has been an offtake in the market. Yeah. Uh, This has helped to an extent by softening of lithium carbonate pricing. Yeah. So commodity prices have cooled down significantly in the last six months. And our sell costs have come down uh, compared to, March, April to now there's been a reduction of price of
0: anywhere between 25 to 30 percent. Okay. On the cell so level. Just to try and clarify one thing, the fame subsidy is targeted at the last mile manufacturer, which is the, the EV manufacturer, not okay. the, the battery pack or the cell or anything of that yes, sort the EV man. Ma- and so the EV manufacturer receives the subsidy they pass down to the consumer. Yes. But there's no subsidy per se, there's no input subsidy for. The battery packs, the cells, or anything. No, we we import the cells. uh, We design the battery packs
1: uh, as per requirement of our customer, and we sell it to them at a certain price. Mm -hmm. So there is no subsidy or anything involved in our books per se. Mm -hmm. This goes to the electric two-wheeler vehicle manufacturer when they sell the vehicle out. uh, They get a certain subsidy from Mm -hmm. the government if the vehicle manufacturer is based out of uh, is uh, actually registered in Fame. Mm-hmm. And is complying to all the norms of fame, then they are uh, entitled to a certain subsidy, mm-hmm. and that
0: is credited to them uh, from the government based on the sale that they. Reported. Gotcha, gotcha. So we were talking about the softening of commodity prices and how that's played a role in improving the the cost economics of of batteries. Um, from an India perspective, a while back there was a there was a lot of news flow around lithium discoveries in uh, Jammu and Kashmir. Um, is that going to play a role in the in the next decade to improve the battery supply chain in India or is this a lot of smoke and... uh... Uh, No, it will improve uh, significantly
1: uh, because today we are heavily dependent on China and imports. So it leads to a lot of issues of managing the supply chain. Sometimes we have uh, certain containers uh, being stacked up at the port together because the manufacturer actually has sent out, uh, material for 90 days together. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a lot of mess of working capital requirements mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus you have a commodity available locally mm-hmm. for the cell manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And we, as battery pack assemblers can buy the cells locally, will ensure that, you know, our working capital requirements reduce significantly, mm-hmm. uh, for to doing the business. Second is the quality uh, checks can be in place. The warranties can be in place. So uh, this gives a better control uh, environment for everyone to operate. Uh, we expect this uh, ecosystem to be developed over time. So okay. if you see lead, for example, 99% of the lead that is used today is recycled lead. Yeah. So smelting, smelters take back the batteries, they recycle the lead, they send the lead to the lead manufacturing companies, they use the lead to make the lead plates and the batteries from there on. Right. So that entire ecosystem is balanced and developed. In lithium-ion, we are making that ecosystem uh, right now. Mm -hmm. So by 2030, we expect all three segments of the ecosystem to be developed. One segment being the cell manufacturing, uh, which has raw materials, is the metals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the cells will be sold to battery pack assemblers. For Mm -hmm. them, the raw material is a cell. And third will be the recyclers. Recycling has come in in a large manner, where the battery packs, after their life is over, will be taken in by the recyclers. And they will recover all the metals from the recycling and sell mm-hmm. it back to the cell manufacturers. Gotcha, gotcha. So this entire ecosystem will take time to be developed. Okay. Uh, we expect that to to an extent come in by two thousand and thirty.
0: Okay. So let's talk about you know going forward from it. Talk about what we expect to happen by two thousand and thirty. Mm-hmm. Can you give a sense of the figures in terms of capacity that the country needs for uh, cell manufacturing, battery pack manufacturing, and recycling? and where we are currently. So if you look at the total market size uh, in India, India is
1: the largest two wheeler market in the world. So we have around uh, 18 crore two wheelers in India today. <laughs> and out of that approximately 15 lakhs to 18 lakhs pushing it would be, and including registered, unregistered would be electric. Right. So 18 lakhs odd out of 18 crores. So we are uh, at 0.1% technically right. of uh, EV penetration in the country. However, uh, the total number of two-wheelers that are sold every year, which mm-hmm. are new two-wheelers, is somewhere around 1.5 to 2 crores. Right. So we expect the 18 crore two-wheelers completely to be churned out every 7 or 8 years. Right. With EV adoption now touching 5% so every year, we are expecting EVs to go from 18 lakhs to 2-3 crores very fast. And over the next 10 to 15 years, this 18 crore uh, will be converted to EVs. Also, it will not remain 18 crores after 10 years considering the per capita growth, sure. it will go up to probably 25, 25 30 crores. 20, yeah. Yeah. That would be the ideal size of the market back uh, probably 10 years later. Gotcha. Also two wheelers uh, industry per se is also finding newer applications which never existed before. Mm-hmm. They include delivery vehicles and uh, micro mobility solutions so like Yulu, etc. So uh, the adoption will be higher than what it used to be before. Right. Um, 30 crore vehicles with batteries in it uh, let's assume a lithium ion carbonate softening up going up to the lead pricing even then we are looking at somewhere around a 6 lakh crore to 8 lakh crore market size being developed if you see 20,000 rupees into 30 crore vehicle will be a 6 lakh crore market of battery packs uh, in uh, running at one go in the market and with an average life of around 3 to 5 years even if we assume 5 years as the life of the battery you will expect battery packs of around one and a half lakh crore being sold every year, right? Um, and that would be just churn. Got it. So this is a large
0: market that we are looking into. Right. So I just yeah. want to try and slow this slow this number down and yeah. break it down for our viewers. So mm-hmm. just I guess uh, re- repeat what you said out. So we have eighteen crore two wheelers in the country mm-hmm. currently. That by twenty thirty we expect to get about thirty crore or so. Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. perfectly feasible. Currently we're at eighteen lakhs. So one hundred and 80,000 two-wheelers that are currently EVs uh, yeah, yeah 1.8 million 1.8 million sorry yeah. off by a factor of 10 yeah. 1.8 million yeah. so 18 lakh uh, yeah. EV two-wheelers but by 2030 you expect it to be nearly 100% so the yeah. full 30 crore by 2035 we expect it to be 100%. by 2035 oh, yeah you expect that we'll hit a hundred percent EV adoption of yeah. the two-wheeler yeah. space yes. so that's 30 that's 30 crore EVs uh, and 30 crore batteries, which need to be recycled every five years, mm-hmm. and if each EV battery is worth 20,000, that's six lakh crore of 30 crore um, of that six lakh crores worth of batteries on 30 crore vehicles, yes. which means one one and a half lakh crores of battery uh, being purchased every year. Okay, this cool. is only two wheeler. So yeah, when we're then not, we're, yeah, yeah. we are
1: not touching other things. The, this is where the penetration will be the fastest in this segment. Yeah. Uh, then we come to three wheelers where it's growing rapidly now three wheeler right now a lithium ion pack is costing around 55 to 60000 mm-hmm. versus a lead acid battery you put four batteries in a rickshaw uh, it costs around 36000 so the parity is huge uh, in absolute terms not in percentage terms because in two wheelers a lead acid pack costs around 11 to 12000 whereas a battery costs around 18 20000 so yes it is dub- double the price but uh, the parity in absolute terms is only 10000 rupees which is affordable and also the two wheeler segment has personal use vehicle. Mm -hmm. So the affordability, uh, when it comes to the consumer is higher, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the uh, commercial segment of electric rickshaws, the consumption is lower and the parity is around 24,000 rupees uh, in price between lead acid and lithium, which is fairly large Mm -hmm. uh, for a rickshaw driver to put in just for a newer technology right now. Got it. So we expect this to soften up as the lithium pricing from 55, 60,000 moves towards 40. Right. Uh, in terms of cycle, uh, Lithium is cheaper than lead already okay. in terms of life. But yeah. it is the capex that you have to put up front, which is uh, a hindrance today in terms of the adoption of Lithium. Ion. Can
0: regulation play a role there? Because as a, commercial, as a commercial venture and considering the state of pollution in the country, I can certainly see municipal corporations or, or state corporations requiring three-wheelers to shift away from Uh, CNGs or or lead acid. Delhi Delhi has done this, uh, where all new registration uh, registration
1: vehicles of three wheelers will be lithium ion based and not lead acid based. Okay. However, there is an issue there. Uh, The reason is that uh, let's assume a three wheeler with a lithium ion battery. Lithium ion battery cost is around fifty five thousand to sixty thousand. It will take uh, a three wheeler battery will last four to five years. So, in essence, you're paying twelve thousand a year. Sure. Versus a lead acid battery where you are spending 36,000 rupees and it will die out every 15 months. So over four years or over five years, you will end up changing it three times minimum. So you are spending a lakh there in the lead acid and you will get some amounts of scrap back. So you Mm -hmm. discount that 20,000 rupees. So You'll end up spending 75, 80,000 rupees when it comes to lead acid battery to get the same life Mm -hmm. and the same energy versus a lithium ion battery. Right. Uh, however, that in, uh, you have to incur an incremental capex to buy that lithium-ion. Yeah. So I think it's a nicer play for NBFCs and microfinance companies to come in right. and dis- uh, give this on uh, EMI based schemes yeah, to yeah, rickshaw drivers, yeah.
0: which will see a faster adoption of lithium-ion batteries. in that yeah, yeah. And I think with the expansion of financing in this country, I can certainly see that happening. Yes. It's a great opportunity for them. So um, I guess let's move forward from, uh, from the very, very exciting EV space. The, another possible use case for uh, adoption um, for, for lithium mine or any battery chemistry per se, grid-scale storage. So one of the one of the most pertinent problems with renewables that I'm given to understand is the peaking of uh, renewable capacity. So solar and wind in particular, uh, like the sun only shines for eight hours in the day. Mm-hmm. As, as, as harsh it is, as it shines as the sun is in India, it only shines for eight hours a day. But we're using energy, electricity for close to 16 18 hours you know whether it's TVs at home whatever it might be and um, so a lot of fossil fuels are still being used for the non peak cars to, um, to service that electricity demand but the use case is obviously build more solar power plants store that energy in batteries use that through the year so what's the what's the economics and the the reality of that use case coming to life so
1: significantly India's solar adoption is on the rise uh, the on-grid and off-grid uh, solar plants have been set up across India, even uh, smaller villages have the solar uh, setups Mm -hmm. above their homes. So currently Neuron has not ventured into the UPS or the grid storage segment, but we expect to enter this segment or we expect to bring models for this segment uh, probably two years from now, somewhere around 2025 is where we expect this uh, segment to hit critical mass or increase adoption. Currently the demand comes from uh, smaller uh, solar requirements. Such as uh, electric lamps, uh, solar lanterns, and weighing machines, etc., in the power backup mm-hmm. segment. However, data centers is on a rise where we expect a huge uh, use case for lithium ion batteries for the data center requirements for power backup. And uh, grid storage for the entire solar setup would be another application that we expect to uh, be merged. The idea is that the EV uh, battery cells that we use. Uh EV grade cells after the life of this battery is completed we can reuse the same cells and make batteries for power backup application mm-hmm. because for power backup application the current is very low. Okay. For uh, certain telecom towers we have seen the current as low as 2 amperes and 5 amperes versus an EV vehicle even a 2 wheeler will be 50 amps right. a 3 wheeler will be 100 right. a cargo right. vehicle will be 400-500 amperes so keeping that in mind the current requirement is very low Second is that it will be just used when it is required to be used. Mm-hmm. So it's a just-in-case battery requirement. Yeah. So we expect this repurpose business where you repurpose the cells. So it's raw material for free, which uh, we'll be collecting back through a network, and then using the same cells which we had made the EV battery with to make a solar battery or power backup battery and sell it there, mm-hmm. which, where you know it can easily run for another three to five years yeah, yeah. before recycling it. Yeah. So that is a segment where we are looking huge demand to come in, but this uh, phase of for our company at least will be between two thousand twenty five to twenty eight. Right now we are completely focused
0: on building applications around the EV ecosystem. Got it. So just just I want to try and uh, simplify this topic a little bit. Try and understand a little bit better. So once EV cells, once battery lithium ion cells are done with their EV life cycle, they can move on to the grid scale storage life cycle. And if I understand what you're saying correctly, it's because the Charging discharging cycles for these cells are a lot lower and the current requirement to extract from these cells is a lot lower. Yes. That's, okay.
1: So the current requirement is a lot lower with compared to an EV powertrain. train. Got it. So the same cells which are 3C capacity discharge cells which we use for EVs in the second life can be used for uh, solar application. Got it. it need not be for critical growth, uh, grid storage application but for solar light, solar lamps, all those applications it can be used. We are seeing certain bulbs also come in with power backup now. Got so it. a couple of brands have launched those bulbs with power backup. Here we can use the repurposed cells to give that power Got because it. the current requirement is really low.
0: Got so it. even
1: in the second life, an EV cell will be able to uh, you know, provide far better uh, current requirements than what uh, uh, the application really requires.
0: So I guess looking forward into the future of EV cells, one thing that that crops up in my research is the use of, uh, I mean, currently we're using lithium-ion cells the next wave from what i understand is sodium ion cells yeah. is that a reality or is that just not no true? it's
1: a reality in fact we have imported certain sodium ion cells we are under testing phase uh, we are going to launch a 6 kilowatt hour battery pack for electric three wheeler market uh, with mm-hmm. sodium ion cells uh, so it is already a reality we are still in testing phase for it uh, lfp and nmc is at a commercial level that mm-hmm. we have gone out with another chemistry that has come up is lmfp Mm-hmm. That is lithium, manganese, ferrophosphorus, wherein mm-hmm. wherein it, it is uh, a spread between LFP and NMC. Mm-hmm. So it gives the energy density of uh, slightly more energy density than LFP, slightly less energy density than NMC. However, at the same time, it's stable. It will not catch mm-hmm. fire. That is second. And the third thing is there's a big disadvantage of LFP being very voluminous. Mm-hmm. So LMFP has the dimensional capabilities of NMC Got being it. compact. So it has taken the advantages of two. From a cost perspective, where does it sit? Is it closer to NMC or LF? It's between. Okay.
0: So, so it's probably your
1: middle house of everything. Yes. Okay. So we are looking at it. We are testing it. Uh, we are not sure how it will perform in the Indian conditions. Okay. So we are doing uh, temperature testing, uh, terrain testing, multiple other things uh, and how they will perform life cycle tests. Got so this uh, chemistry might find certain applications in the two-wheeler space coming forward. Second is the solid-state battery uh, having a use case. Solid-state earlier was very expensive. So what is a solid-state battery? So a solid-state battery has, does not have an electrolyte. Okay. So they are using aluminum and multiple other metals. Mm-hmm. So the thermal runway, the fire really happens from the electrolyte heating up. Right. So that being absent in the solid-state battery ensures that the fire risk is virtually zero. Okay. So that will have a huge application and adoption coming into the next five, seven years. The reason why solid-state was not preferred earlier was because of the price. Mm-hmm. But with the lithium carbonate pricing softening, and if it continues to soften further, we expect solid-state to come in for certain applications. Maybe for higher current requirement applications, people might shift to solid-state first, then uh,
0: smaller two-wheeler, three-wheeler applications. Mm-hmm. So. so what is the future of Neuron Energy look like? I mean, there's so many battery chemistries available, and you know the ecosystem is growing so rapidly. You guys are going to continue to be a battery pack manufacturer. Moving into cells, recycling Do do talk us through that
1: Um, We have not thought through the next 10 years 15 years what will happen But for the next 3-4 to years uh, We are focusing on being a battery pack player A battery pack assembler Which will have uh, good designs And good uh, products for all kind of EV applications Mm -hmm. So right now We have products for electric 2-wheeler segment Uh, We have products for electric 3-wheeler Electric uh, golf cart uh, Critical applications like drone Mm-hmm. which we are looking to expand in the next year mm-hmm. and the year after that significantly. The drone is a big focus for our company in the next two years and we expect large volumes to come out from the drone segment. Uh, electric forklift is what we are specializing in, but it's a niche smaller segment that we are mm-hmm. looking at. So this is the gambit of uh, product portfolio, even electric for- floor cleaning machines mm-hmm. we have batteries for. But it's a smaller segment. Mm-hmm. So this is the gambit of electric uh, battery packs that we are doing now. We expect to go into commercial uh, trucks and buses and four wheelers in the next two years, 24 months. That is the uh, gradual jump that we are looking at in terms of scale, in terms of setting up the plant. After that, we might get into UPS and solar and expand there again in the battery pack space. Once we have that critical mass of revenue of around 3000 crores, 5000 crores in battery pack, Mm -hmm. that that is where we'll have significant access uh, to cells coming back to us where we will be setting up a repurposed division, where we'll use those cells and you know, sell in solar and multiple other companies, which will be through our captive network of uh, battery pack sales. And at that point we may look at backward integrating into cells or something else. Mm -hmm. Or um, right now we have collaborated for the BMS technology, but maybe later on we might develop it in house, but right now we don't know what to bet on when it comes to cells, BMS
0: technology is battery management systems, right? right? Yes. So
1: BMS is a critical part of the mind in the battery pack, which governs uh, the cell is the power Mm -hmm. and the BMS is the mind, which Mm -hmm. controls the power, the output, input, and how the power should be regulated. Mm -hmm. So it is a critical algorithm, which Mm -hmm. governs the entire battery pack. Uh, Right now we have collaborated and we have our designs and inputs there, uh, but we are not making it in house. Uh, Maybe in the future, we might take that function in house and make our own BMS. Cell manufacturing. We don't know what chemistry to bet on currently. Uh, earlier India was on NMC and now it shifted to LFP and in the future we are talking about certain players going to NCA which is Nickel, Cobalt, Aluminium, mm-hmm. certain players are going to solid state. Uh, so there are a lot of experiments that are being uh, going on. So we expect that uh, once there is uh, some form of stability, uh, we will think about cell manufacturing and backward integrating into cells. It will require a large amount of capital expenditure, not was a finite crores minimum to set up a cell manufacturing.
0: Of course. So currently, you guys are setting up a lithium-ion battery pack manu- battery pack assembly plant, right, outside uh, outside Pune. Uh,
1: currently, we have uh, two units. One mm-hmm. is in Pune, and one is in Noida. Both the units uh, are contract manufactured for Neuron. So Mm -hmm. the units are owned by another company and they contract manufacture for Neuron from both the plants. The capacity is leased at both the plants under an agreement. So Uh, both
0: are uh, are doing lithium-ion? Yeah,
1: lithium-ion, NMC and LFP. Uh, Not the entire capacity, but a certain amount of capacity that we require has been leased with them under an agreement. The raw materials, the cells we require, the BMS we require, everything is procured by Neuron. Mm -hmm. Uh, Currently we are setting up a plant in Delhi, uh, Mm -hmm. which will be an electric two-wheeler manufacturing, battery pack manufacturing plant for a dedicated player. So we call Mm -hmm. it the implant model, Mm -hmm. where the factory is set up inside the two-wheeler manufacturer's plant Mm -hmm. to ensure that there is just-in-time battery pack manufacturing for the two-wheeler electric two-wheeler. And uh, this plant uh, should be up and running, uh, commissioned in March. So we expect production to be out from April uh, and it will be for a dedicated two-wheeler. So we will not be manufacturing uh, battery packs from here for any other uh, customer. Got. It. And uh, we are in middle of a fundraise. So we are planning to raise around $10 million uh, in the next three months. Uh, once this fundraise is completed, uh, a certain proceed from this fundraise up to two and a half three million million will be used to set up a large uh, captive plant in Pune which will uh, take care of other customers uh, contract, Understood. and we will continue using excess cap- capacity of the contract manufacturer for many other applications. Got it.
0: So from a capacity perspective, could you take us through with, with the current contract manufacturers, the least capacity, how much that is in maybe gigawatt hours to the new captive plant? how much that's going to be in and the new pune plant where that's going to go and maybe beyond that just so we can trace out you know that capacity so if
1: uh, I, if i can tell you in terms of battery packs uh, rather than gigawatt hours because each battery pack is different and different size so in two wheelers currently we can go up to around 5000 uh, to 6000 battery packs per month mm-hmm. uh, from the pune plant uh, in two shifts a single shift can give us around 3000 battery packs the Noida contract manufacturers plant can support us with, with around eight to ten thousand packs per month. Okay, so all put together, we can we can have an access to a capacity of around ten to fifteen thousand battery packs a month in the two-wheeler segment. Uh, currently, we are selling somewhere around two to two and a half thousand battery packs in the two-wheeler segment per month. Mm-hmm. In the three-wheeler uh, space, uh, which is L3 category, which is for passenger electric rickshaw. 5 kilowatt hour battery packs, we can go up to 1000 to 1200 a month. Currently, we are selling somewhere around 400 to 500 battery packs in that segment per Mm -hmm. month. And in the L5 space, which is a 10 kilowatt hour, 15 kilowatt hour, 20 kilowatt hour battery pack, we can go up to 2000 battery packs a month from the Noida facility and currently we are in the range of 150 to 200. So what's L5? Uh, L5 vehicles are uh, cargo electric three got wheel, it, uh, got three it. wheeler vehicles uh, got with a larger base. And so they're, they're larger battery. Yeah. Battery so L3 is mainly low speed, uh, below 25 kilometers per hour speed okay. and L5 is a high, high speed auto or high speed cargo electric rickshaw vehicles. Got it, got this it. is the nomenclature used by the government to pass the vehicles. So these vehicles require higher current and we are are looking at a capacity of around 150 to 200 packs right now, which we are selling capacity being around 1,000 packs uh, per month. Uh, Next year, we expect to triple our revenue from where we are. So the number of packs should go up to in the two wheeler space around eight to 10,000 battery packs, which will include packs for battery swapping Mm -hmm. and electric two wheeler OEMs. Electric three wheeler, we expect the packs per month to go up to 1,000 to 1,500. And in the electric uh, L5 category, that is the high-speed auto space, we expect this to go up to 300 a month. So that is where we are looking uh, to close the next year. Right? Right. So there's enough capacity available for us for the next 24 months. Uh, with that, we'll be adding two plants. Uh, mm-hmm. One will be for our consumption in Delhi for the dedicated two-wheeler manufacturer and one will be in Pune. Mm-hmm. So we this would suffice our growth up to 1,000-odd uh, crores in revenue for in, within the next four to five years.
0: Nice. That's a, a f- <laughs> f- <laughs> Man, it's a really, it's really been
1: a challenging journey. Uh, the numbers that. are good, but
0: the industry is
1: uh, yeah. very challenging.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do so, a some, somewhat similar journey to you. I'm trying to be an entrepreneur as well. I'm very, very early, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing something very different to you, but for me and for other entrepreneurs, uh, do you want to share some of your, you know, your learnings and challenges through this, what, five year journey? I think it's been now. Uh, yeah, it's been five years, uh, is five years old now. So this year we
1: should, uh, clock a revenue of around in the range of around 70 to 80 crores. So uh, we moved for the first year was two crores and now we are at 80 and next year we are targeting 220, 200, 220 crores. So in this journey, there's been many things. Uh, our challenges were way different than what other entrepreneurs will face, uh, in the industries or whatever businesses they choose. Our challenges were different because we chose an industry which was new. The industry was supported by government subsidies. So we were definitely significantly relied upon government policies to remain consistent and stable to ensure that demand fluctuation and uh, uh, demand does not fluctuate or overnight, we don't really need to change the product type. Uh, On the supply side, we are depending on China. We don't have anything in India currently. On the demand side, for demand to be consistent, we are relying on government policies and fame subsidies to be continuously on Mm -hmm. to ensure that there is adoption. Yeah. On the product and technology side, we all are experimenting in Mm -hmm. terms of making the product better and uh, ensuring that, you know, there's stability, there is life. So it was a completely different journey compared to what others will go through. So we, at every four months or six months of this business, we felt that uh, we will shut down or, you know, uh, things are not going right because there were many ups and downs. Suddenly we see a swing of demand coming in and suddenly some rules have been changed, which decide, which leads to no demand, or probably for four months, six months. Last February, I think uh, our revenue was zero in a particular month randomly mm-hmm. uh, with the month before that was around three crores. So keeping that in mind, uh, there has been significant amount of fluctuations. Uh, so you keep at it is I think the key takeaway and persistence is what goes uh, takes you through it we are fairly stable now but we expect fluctuations even to continue in the next 2 to 3 years in this segment for sure because uh, considering the nature of the industry um, we are not yet at a stable uh, plateau where you know things will move in a particular predictable manner yeah second uh, there has been issue of talent uh, so ev industry being new uh, people with knowledge about the ev industry uh, is cars significantly scarce we can rely upon electronics and take them and explain them mm-hmm. the ev space because it's similar it's electric at the end mm-hmm. of the day uh, so we can do that but technical knowledge is uh, limited experience in the ev industry space you will not find many people Have, having worked in now the this is a specific
0: so. question here because you mentioned yeah. you didn't do engineering your co-founders yeah. also started yeah. out in real estate how we like in EV, particularly battery manufacturing is such a, a technology and a knowledge mm-hmm. intensive space. So how did you like personally deal with that challenge? So when we started with lead acid, uh, that time uh, we met this
1: gentleman who was into the battery pack manufacturing for electric forklifts and electric golf cart. So we told him he has, he was running a factory for the last 20 years in that space. So we asked him that, uh, that can you be on our advisory board to guide us in terms of certain decisions we want to take in the battery space. Uh, battery technology changing does not change the nature of the product it is so he told us that irrespective of whatever happens with the battery battery is not an aesthetic product at the end of the day the main thing with the battery is it should function so you will never ever see a uh, see a battery and get excited that oh the battery looks good or bad At the end of the day, it's not going to be seen. It's going to be a part of a vehicle. It's a component. Mm -hmm. But however, if it doesn't perform well, you'll feel it. That the battery is not performing well. Because it's riding the vehicle and it's powering the vehicle. So keeping that in mind, we ensured that the quality should be uh, very good. And certain decisions about chemistries and the way we designed the battery pack came from that thesis. That this is the quality we want to give in the market. Mm -hmm. We were the first in India to introduce a microprocessor based BMS. which no one was using. Uh, We were the first in India to bet on LFP as a chemistry for two wheelers, where the entire market was in NMC. So this came from an advisory board that we created, which has three gentlemen, uh, Mr. Chandrasekhar Rajgopalan, who was the ex-president of SL Group and uh, a CFO of Reliance Petrochemicals, and uh, Mr. Ramki Subramaniam, who's the managing director of Dow Mobility in USA, and he lectures in and around the battery space uh, and the technology space and Mr. Rajesh Natarajan who runs a lead-acid manufacturing plant in Pune in the battery space since the last 30 years. So creating this advisory board helped us understand and take decisions in terms of how to predict what technology will work and what to bet on and also design the battery pack in terms of what we should design it for. Mm -hmm. So we really struggled initially because our battery pack was really expensive Mm -hmm. with the smart BMS, remote assistance, Bluetooth repair. Mm-hmm. So battery pack industry is not a product industry. It's a service industry. Mm-hmm. So your product should have serviceability across wherever it's sold. Right. Okay. So the vehicle may be sold in Assam, may be sold in Chennai, may be sold in Kashmir. You don't know where it will go. So, You need service points everywhere. Lithium ion being a new segment did not have serviceability at all. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we'll go to with a Bluetooth based battery pack, which can be remotely repaired uh, from uh, anywhere in India. So... That led to higher cost and we had a microprocessor based BMS, which was a smarter BMS, Mm -hmm. which could control the temperatures and the sensors uh, in the battery pack and Mm -hmm. it could maintain cell level balancing, imbalancing, could be reported through the app. So this is what we introduced back then, uh, which was 3000 rupees more expensive than any other packs that were in India at that point of time. But we decided to sell it. Uh, The reason is that we didn't want to be out of the market. So the first two, three years, um, we sold the packs with very thin margins. Uh, however, now we are seeing that, you know, once the market, there were fire instances, the market started adopting LFP compared to NMC. And with the phase, uh, AIS phase three norms coming in, government mandate, made it mandatory for the smart BMS to be used rather mm-hmm. than a basic micro, uh, basic BMS, MOSFET based. Got it. So with that rule coming in, the pricing automatically went up and, a uh, product found a place in the market. So that's been driving the growth since the last two, three years.
0: That's really interesting, man. Um, what an incredible journey dude like I, yeah, it's I, been, I,
1: it's been exciting but it has been up and down yeah, significantly of course
0: but um i i truly wish you all the best yeah. man. i think you guys are doing something really incredible mm-hmm. uh and i, I want to wish you the, the absolute best of luck mm-hmm. and i you know hopefully maybe one year down the line once your pune factories set up and the the captive plant is set up in delhi as well we will we'll, uh, we'll check back in in a year and, and yes, talk yes. about how you you're you, uh, looking forward to
1: it. We are looking forward
0: to it. We're confident we'll do it, but uh, yeah. yeah, we need all the luck possible of to course. get it done. Of course. Thank you so thank much you for so coming much on the podcast yeah. it has been a thank fantastic you. conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's been incredible insight for anybody that's an investor in in you know the EV space who wants to get into the mm-hmm. EV space um and who's just interested in this this subject as well. And thank you so much for Thank, coming you. On. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.